Good afternoon, Rich Nass, Executive Vice President with Open Systems Media and leader of the Embedded Computing Design Franchise, here for this week's Embedded Executive Podcast. This week, my Embedded Executive is Scott McNeese, who is the Director of Voice and Audio for ArcX Labs. How are you, Scott? I am doing great, thanks. Excited to be here. Good. Well, thank you very much. Um, I, I ran across ArcX at CES recently, and um, I, I chatted briefly with somebody there, and the technology that you guys are working on was a little bit foreign to me. It's called Barfield Voice Technology. Uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with that. What exactly is Barfield Voice Technology? So probably the simplest and quickest way is to first say what it's not. So everything that's not far field is near field. And, and probably the best way to understand it, Rich, is if you were to take your hand and kind of put it in front of you, directly in front of you, full distance, like maybe you're even holding a cell phone or something like that, that's considered near field. And what's different is that in near field, what that device hears is pretty much what comes directly out of your lips and directly to it, direct path audio. Okay. So it's, relatively clean and you primarily hear that, you don't really hear a lot of the other reverberations and things going on. When you go to far field, when you get outside of that range in far field, basically the phoenix physics change, and I'll, I'll try not to make it too deep into the weeds, but basically fundamentally what changes is when you get beyond that range is what that device picks up is not so much your voice, but more so all the reverberations of your voice, all the noises in the area, all the other reverberations, and, well, what and, sort of distance are you referring to now? So basically, it's the boundary is basically uh, about one wavelength. Um, uh, so of course, it's a function of frequency, but we're talking about basically about 13 inches, if you were to say one kilohertz. But obviously, if you go over the whole frequency range, it gets out there. So it's going out there a few up to a few feet, depending on what frequency you're talking about. Um, and so when you get beyond that, uh, one of the nasty things that happens is all of a sudden, the amplitude, the loudness drops by 6 dB for every every time as you double the distance. So you have a combination of things going on. Your voice is getting less and less loud when you go into a far field range. And all of a sudden you're hearing more reverberations and noise and other things. So that's what far field is all about, is it's about the ability um, to be, for example, for an AI, if you're trying to communicate with an AI, you need to be able to often do it in far field situations when you're more than just an arm's length away from the person or from the device. You need to be able to do that. And if you look around the home or the office or the factory, you'll quickly see there's a lot of places where really far field is the norm. So then the challenge comes, okay, how can I remove enough noise, for example, that an AI can reliably understand me? So I... If I understand this right, what you're doing is you're picking out the voice from all the other background stuff that's in the room? Exactly. And we do it in kind of a unique way. Um, traditionally, and by most of the solutions that are out there now, and there's a lot of good solutions out there, don't get me wrong, but they rely on what's called beamforming. And, you know, we're basically, you're looking at the time of arrival on different microphones. Um, but the problem is, is that um, as soon as you get very far, say, two meters away, um, the, you're at a point where the, the, uh, all the reflections are much louder than what's actually coming out of your mouth. So um, this causes a problem. Um, so 
what we do to get around that problem is we say, oh, we don't care so much about that direct path, that wave sound wave that's coming directly out of your mouth to the device. Instead, we put a lot of focus on the reverberations. They're coming off all the surfaces there and we use them. What that does is it provides us a lot more energy, a lot more information um, to enable us to basically analyze, characterize, and decide what's noise or what's undesired. So that could be speech or echo or a number of things. What's undesired versus what's actually a live human's voice, a real human's voice, not a voice coming out of a TV speaker or something else, so that we can capture that and suppress everything that's not a voice. Is it possible? If, okay, so if if you if I'm two feet away from the microphone, what if there's other people who are in a similar distance? Is it possible to to decipher between who's the right person that it's trying to pick up? Um, you can, but that's not really um, the intention here in this case. In other words, typically you want to be in a situation where anyone in that setting who's a live, real person, if they speak uh, the appropriate wake word typically, or an appropriate phrase that's understood, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're basically looking for phrase spotting and you want to interpret it and understand it. Having said that, there are technologies that we uh, include in our products that enable people to be selected. In other words, it's, ignore the command unless a particular person does it. In fact, I think we're the first one that's done this. If you actually had one of our development kits in your hand right now, Rich, in a few minutes, you could actually program it to uh, for custom commands, custom wake words that it would only respond to with your voice. So you can do that for applications where you need to, yes. Got it. And the processing that's required to do that, is it, is it something relatively simple or does, does it require high-end CPU? Um, it, it's, it is uh, pretty rigorous. Um, and for that reason, what we've actually done is we have a module that has a very specialized processor that actually has uh, four cores on it of different types um, that do different processes. And what that enables us to do is to deliver this kind of performance at a, a, at a, a uh, competitive price, if you will. Um, it's not that you couldn't potentially run these algorithms um, on a general purpose applications processor if you wanted to, um, but it would be more expensive to do that. And we find that it's, you know, kind of one of the principles, the two principles that Arctex is based on is basically to say, hey, here's a module. If you want to add voice to your solution, just add this module. You know, um, and it'll work with any MCU or uh, application processor because it does all the magic, all the processing right on our module. So uh, right now, that's the most cost-effective way to do it. Could change in the future, but right now, it's most cost-effective done that way. And are you, are you guys doing both the hardware and the software? Yes. Yeah, so it's a complete solution. We refer to it as modules. So it's basically a hardware module with various software modules on top of it depending on what you want to do with it. I mean, out of the box, uh, you know, uh, we ship a lot of dev kits for people to go through an evaluation stage. And they're also for demonstration evaluation right out of the box. Um, you know, you can basically plug it in, uh, register on your Alexa account, and you can do Alexa testing. Um, if you want to do edge stuff, it actually has built into it. Um, in the dev kit, it already has all the software code and license development licensing. So if you want to use sensory to develop your own wake words, custom wake words to run on the edge, custom commands, uh, truly natural or natural language understanding, that's all there. 
other key part of it, though, is there's another mode that a lot of people are using, especially with COVID, and that is human-to-human. -human. In other words, instead of human-to-human -human processing, processing that's optimized for human listening, which uses a completely, I wouldn't say a completely, it uses a lot of different algorithms on top of that to achieve that. And um, we're seeing a lot of demand for it right now, like in hospital environments that are really no, really noisy and retail environments, um, things like that, elderly care where there may be TVs blaring, and mm -hmm. intercom may be far away from the patient. Um, probably the most recent announcement was Nobi, um, which is an innovative company um, in Belgium that basically uh, just implemented their second generation of smart lamps. And this is a device that sits at the top of the room um, that a patient's in, or it could be in a home setting or a care center. And it has radar and all kinds of sensors, including our solution, basically to monitor that person and make sure that nothing's going on. And if something does go wrong, that even if they can hardly talk and the TV is blaring, they can still communicate with a caretaker. Interesting. Are you looking at industrial applications as well? Uh, yes, for sure. We've, we've actually, uh, we're in discussions. Um, there's nothing I can talk about right now that's in the public domain. But one of the things we're seeing is a desire that you should be able to have a microwave in one location. And whether it's a, a factory floor, it can be very, very noisy. And to be able to use it to monitor or to speak. And, and it can be used in a couple of different ways. One is obviously human to human, but the other that's stuff that's really cool going on is uh, sound detection. In other words, maybe there's 10 sounds that should set off an alarm in the factory. It could be a machine malfunctioning, mm -hmm. it could be a, someone screaming for help and have that detected, but just you know have one cover a large area. So there's definitely applications there also, you know, as well as residential, um, automotive, all these kind of things. What we typically are finding is that um, there's a lot of demand for what we would call uh, uh, negative signal to noise applications where the noise is actually significantly louder than the speech at the location. And that's really where our, solu our solution really, uh, really shines, so to speak, because of this other technique we discussed. Are you at the point where you're shipping or are you still in development? Yes, we're shipping uh, to the first accounts. Uh, we're in, uh, I don't know, I think the only ones I can talk about probably at this point are we're in, going into hospitals in, in Europe uh, for intercom systems. Uh, we're designed into a couple of other medical devices, but they're not officially announced. And I don't know if they're going to announce us or not. Um, and they also mentioned Nobi, but yeah, we're, we're getting a fair amount of traction. And so we're, I would say we have, I, I don't want to try to count it, but we have a number of them that are in the process of uh, design and integration. Very interesting stuff. Um, it seems to be relatively competitive what you guys are doing. I've, you know, I've seen some other folks who do do something similar. Um, what are, is the unique aspect about what you're doing? Okay, so um, several things really. One unique aspect is just what we already talked about in that there's a, several other really good solutions in the market uh, Good that uh, really just can't handle the negative signal to noise ratios, which we're finding in a lot of home environments and other places. I give you an example in a moment for smart, uh, smart appliances. Um, another big difference is we, um, all the other products on the market uh, with one exception I know of, which is a quite expensive solution, have either a mono or a uh, 
stereo AEC. I don't know if you're familiar with those, but basically it's it's the component that basically when the mics pick up what's coming out of the device's own speakers, it basically cancels that out. So basically the device can hear itself over itself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you can man, yeah. And so um if you look at uh the device in the market, they really don't have anything more than stereo. Um we actually have 12 AECs and what that allows us to do is cancel a lot more, but and the reasoning for it though, is the way an AEC works in simple terms is it basically models the path between every microphone on the device and every speaker on the device. So for example, if someone's doing, um, let's say an example, they're using three mics, we'll work with two to four mics. Let's say they're using three mics and two speakers. That means it independently models every path between each of those mics and speakers and we'll use six AECs. Um, on other solutions, they would basically have to play games, basically averaging out a, things in that. So we get much better uh, AEC for that. Another major difference is um, all the solutions I'm available on the market only handle um, the capture side. They don't do processing on the return side, which mm -hmm. means they have to pay for more bomb, something else to handle EQ and stuff for playback. Um, uh, and so that's an, an, another issue or another, probably the other one though, that's um, it's actually most important is uh, we have something uh, that basically the way our algorithms are designed, the mic positioning is completely arbitrary. In other words, you'll hear people talk about, oh, I'm putting it on a sound bar. I've got to do it in a linear okay. array, an array. Um, ours is completely arbitrary. And our customers basically can say, I'm going to put the mic here, 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 it doesn't even need to be in a plane. It can be behind the device, in front of the device. Remember, it doesn't care about direct sound much. So you can even put it behind the TV, for example. And basically they tell us those XYZ coordinates, we can instantly give them, virtually instantly give them basically a tuning file for it. And um, it'll work. It doesn't matter the orientation, you wanna put something in the corner of the ceiling. Our solution is really good in working in arbitrary 3D space versus more conventional beamforming kinds. Very cool. Very, very interesting. I certainly learned something today. I didn't know what this was, and now I do. So thank you very much, Scott. I appreciate your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. That was Scott McNeese. He is the Director of Voice and Audio for ArcX Labs, and I am Rich Nass with Open Systems Media.